0: Welcome to Premier League On Tap, your FPL Draft Podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, aka Drafting for Upside.
1: Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Nate. It was uh, an interesting weekend of football, for sure, So we saw definitely a couple of results go the uh, opposite way, and then a couple of that were like an almost upset, you could say, Uh, but this game week's... This game week's aversion to the betting odds, I think, are going to be an anomaly, and uh, maybe should be expecting some easier streaming experiences in the future uh, for most managers. So if you had a few swings and misses, I wouldn't overthink it. I know very few people were really looking at Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham defenders to be bad starts. I think everyone expected them to kind of smash, so... yeah. Uh, look at this week to be maybe a little bit more along the uh the game lines of the betting odds say
0: yeah i so, agree yeah. um defenders were really tough to stream i know we were pretty adamant on the uh tottenham defenders liverpool defenders and that just kind of came back to bite us in the ass <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I gotta ask you man because i know that you're a holland owner uh how, how rough has it been to not have him on like in the squad
1: yeah i can personally i can say uh this being the second weekend that i haven't had holland um i have i have noticed it it has taken a toll on me um and he's been a pretty tough guy to replace from waivers so i'm really looking forward to this world cup break approaching um if for no other reason than to have a break from the game ourselves. Um, and I know it'll kind of give us some time for some of these injuries to play their way out uh, as the World Cup plays. And we can kind of just enjoy watching soccer without having stuff on the line. Although I know a few lads in the fantasy space are already, you know, they've already got their, their World Cup fantasy formats assembled and ready to go on Google Sheets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't want to replace Holland with like Neil Maupe. That's not a like viable streamer option week to week.
1: No, I uh I think he's <laughs> just waiver wire fodder, really. Yeah. yeah. Well
0: I understand your troubles. Um it's it's gonna be interesting coming into this World Cup week or I mean World Cup month um here in the next week or two. Uh I've been, I've been fortunate been enough, to be enough to be like what am I, eleven and 11- two or something in the genie league right now uh running hot i hope the world cup doesn't come right at the wrong time and then i cool off afterwards so hoping to keep the ball rolling but let's jump into it let's cover game week 15 uh we're gonna start off with the first matchup we've got here leeds bournemouth leeds favored by 0.75 goals with an over under of 2.75 Um uh, run us through leads here real quick who's questionable who's injured um give us some of your starters streamers
1: right so leads we've got Sinisteric questionable who i know a lot of people will be hoping does start um unfortunately he may cede his spot to somerville who was able to get the game winner last game um who i'd project is probably more of a mid four or mid five but um, I know he, he's I mean, low sample size, so he's definitely a risky play. I was wondering what your thoughts on him actually were.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the look of him um, just watching the games. I like the way he plays. He's very energetic, um, kind of like the rest of the Leeds team. But uh, the scores don't really translate too well. Um, I know he's scored double digits in the last two games but other than that i mean we're looking at two two and a half points in the first 90 that he finished a couple sub appearances with a point but uh, i think that there's not enough data out there on the 90 minutes because he's only played 90 twice um but definitely someone to keep an eye on i would be okay streaming him if he does get the start against bournemouth um just because i don't think bournemouth are that good um especially with Neto out um i think that how it is it travers the backup goalkeeper now um, the one that shipped those nine goals against liverpool um it just it doesn't benefit their defense at all um so definitely someone to keep an eye on i would be okay streaming him this week
1: yeah it's a smash matchup i think for anyone really on leads that has some type of value so that includes bamford uh pascal strike liam cooper christensen there's really no one to avoid on leads i i think here um it doesn't mean you go out and you know start uh, whoever pairs with liam cooper at center back i think it's been Lorente normally um and I, i'm still not really all that interested in the cdms i just don't think they're gonna get enough work but if there was a game to start them they'd probably be here as like your mid-five i call them lineup fillers mm-hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with it if you have a pretty high upside team they could just be a safe floor play like five six points but i i have a tough time ever putting those types of guys in my lineup
0: yeah it it seems to be like they score decently well but it's i'm just not willing to take the risk on them um they're usually right around that like i mean the, their floor is four points and their ceiling is nine i mean maybe they get an attacking return but that's very few and far between So it's just really not worth the risk reward in my aspect. Like, I would rather start Somerville over either one of uh, is it Adams and Roca, or
1: yes, I would concur with that take. Um,
0: But as far as this Bournemouth side goes, uh, I think I mean, it was kind of a freak show last week. Um, I was not very happy with it going into the second half of the Bournemouth Spurs game, but um, they kind of just showed that they are actually capable of scoring goals. I think Kiefer Moore is someone to keep an eye on. Um, I wouldn't go overboard with it. Um, I don't think he's going to score two goals a game. Um, And outside of scoring goals, doesn't really offer a whole lot. Like He is a basically a tree he's yeah. just like a, a very large man who is supplanted in the middle of the field or in the box um, he's gonna
1: get the most sunlight
0: though that's true that's true um so, i mean is there anybody else in this board on the side that you are actively looking to start and or stream
1: in this match against Leeds? yeah i think solanke is a pretty good start at forward as a, like a forward two. I was actually looking at, I don't know if you've ever checked it out, but what the forward two landscape really means. Um, I don't know his specific place, but I, I do know that after looking at the forwards, once you pass top 12 forwards, it's all matchup based really. Like there's, yeah. there's not really such a thing as a locked and loaded forward two, in, in my opinion. So I think this is a plus matchup and on paper it puts some down as a forward too, and you might not be happy about that in, in which case I'd say go stream a mid instead
0: <laughs> yeah I think this is definitely a week that it's I, there's so many strange matchups this week that I I just don't see many goals I think a lot of our over-unders are right around that two and a half mark so it's like a goal apiece for a lot of these matchups where it's like I'm not can I bet on the attacking returns for forwards? So I'm more than happy to start my set and forget forward, and then play five midfielders this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's a strategy. I actually just looked it up, and Dominic Solanke is nineteenth overall in or nineteenth for forward scoring um, on Fantrax right now. Obviously, that's not points per ninety, but so. He might benefit from the extra games, but that just tells, that just tells you how weak forward how, scoring yeah, is. We've got Che Adams at number is. 12, so yeah. it's uh, it's pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I think this matchup is one of the more interesting ones this week. I think Leeds has a lot of viable players to pull from Bournemouth. If you want to get a little risky with it, you can go a little bit more on that side of the uh, ball. But let's move on here to uh, one of what i think is the more straightforward games of the week which is man city fulham it seems like every week man city is the most straightforward matchup uh outside of that liverpool anomaly um i still don't know how they pulled that one out but good on them city in this one favored by two and a half goals with an over under of 3.75 um so it looks like there's going to be goals in this one uh holland is still questionable uh sorry about your luck if you can't roster him again this weekend Um, but I guess on the flip side there is light at the end of the tunnel we do get the World Cup break he is not a part of the World Cup so he will get a rest Um, but I mean this one we kind of run through the same thing every week with City you start everyone that starts Um, the streamers there's probably none available uh, unless Pep changes up the starting 11 quite a bit uh, you might get a Gomez in there at some point, but it's unlikely. Um, but as far as this Fulham side goes, is there anyone you are looking to, let's say you're a Mitrovic owner, uh, you might still be able to stream William in your league, uh, Andrea Pereira, any of these guys viable starters this week?
1: Uh, It's obviously not the matchup you want to see uh, for any of those players. I think that people might be pressed to play Andreas Pereira given his recent performance, but I'm personally, I think I would suggest benching him this week uh, unless you really need to fill your lineup. I think there's better options out there. Like we just went over in the Leeds game, I'd probably rather start Somerville than I would uh, start Andreas Pereira. I just think City might not... um, I don't think their defense is the absolute most, you know, scary thing out there. I think that Mm -hmm. the reason they're such a bad matchup is the fact that your team is only going to have, like, 30% possession, and, I mean, you need the the ball to score points. It's not that complicated, so figure, you know, if there's an even matchup of 50% possession and, you know, your team is doing all this stuff, maybe... I mean, almost, almost have that production, and and that's probably where you're at with City. Like they're just they're going to see maybe, you know, sixty percent of the touches they'd normally see in a game. That's just not really viable for a creative mid to do anything for your team. Uh, I still think you're starting Mitrovic though in this game. I know that. I don't know if you agree with me on that one, but I don't think you have a better chance. And I think even just even just banking on him getting a goal, I don't think that's the worst strategy in the world.
0: Yeah, I think you'd be hard done to find cover for him Um, if you roster him, and he's more than likely your forward one. Um, Right. I mean, if you do have other options, I wouldn't mind benching him, but you know that there there are going to be games like this for Fulham where they are just going to be 11 men behind the ball, they're going to wait for their opportunity to strike, and they have to be able to put the chances away. Uh, Like you said, I mean, you're looking at 30% possession. You may get, I don't know, five corners, a couple set pieces to do some damage off of, which we know Mitrovic is capable of. Um, But if he misses two opportunities, he's unlikely to get the third. So it's it's a matter of he's a little bit riskier this week than he is any other week, just based off the fact that the opportunities aren't going to be there.
1: Yeah, I I do think he'll get a couple of shots on target at least and probably has a decent floor as far as forwards go, but I mean we can talk till we blue in the face. He's he's like a forward one, so you're probably starting him. So yeah. what do you yeah. say we move on to uh Nottingham versus Brentford? Let's
0: do it. Nottingham Brentford is a pick'em. There is no favorite in this one. Uh over under set at two and a half. Uh both teams. Relatively strange season so far. Nottingham's been a lot better at home than they have been away. Um, and now they get a matchup against a Brentford team that's been pretty up or down. Um, but they will be without their Talisman goal scorer. Ivan mean, Tony suspended for this match. Um, two of their better midfielders, Norgard and Jensen, are both questionable. Um, I don't know how likely it is that they'll play. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on is when we get closer and do the manager interviews to see what type of injury updates we have on them. Um, but a guy we've talked about a little bit in the past, um, I know I haven't really been too happy with him. Of course, he goes out and scores a goal, or has an assist, I'm sorry. Um, Brian Uh he's a must-start now, right? I mean, if you have him, you start him because Tony's out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, in general, must start no, but in this matchup, uh, hell yeah, you got to start him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with this one, it's gonna be hard to see where the goals come from because Tony really is a lot of the Brentford offense. Um, Buema does a lot of the uh, work off the ball, and then Ben Me, like we saw last week, will chip in with a goal off a set piece or something but uh with them being down tony this could be a very frustrating afternoon for brentford especially when nottingham forest is coming into this matchup at home against an opponent that they believe they can get a positive result from which they are going to absolutely need if they have any chance of staying up this year um so i mean what are your thoughts on dams does he does he play
1: this week at all He could, obviously he didn't score very well last week. Um, I think he came on as a sub for Jensen. So we'll see how that turns out. He might not start. I know Thomas Frank really doesn't like starting him. He comes up with reasons not to, but um, this is a great matchup for him. So I'd roll him out there as like a mid four and uh, have, have a decent level of confidence in him. He's probably not gonna go the full 90 as most will expect. He'll most likely go 65-ish minutes, and you're going to hope he nicks a goal there. So uh, it it should be a pretty even game, and he might be relied upon a little bit more since there's no Tony. He might kind of shift into the creative role that Mboymo plays, and Mboymo kind of moves to where Tony was. Mm.
0: Yeah, this this match in general is just kind of a miss for me. Um, I'm not overly thrilled with the Nottingham team in general um they don't offer a whole lot going forward um but i think they will have to do a decent amount of work in defense they do have some viable defenders streamers but i mean as far as this brentford team goes the people that you want from brentford are likely already taken i mean you have tony and bueno me and david raya who are their top four scorers and they're all seventy-five percent rostered. Uh, Pinnock's the next highest. I don't even remember what it was, but it's below sixty percent. He's a viable streamer, but we've seen his scores be kind of all over the place, depending on how many goals Brentford decided to give up that day. Uh, but like we said, guard, possible streamer. But everybody else on this team, I just their scores just aren't good enough to even consider a roster spot at this point. Maybe with Norgard coming back, um, I I just find it hard to believe that any manager that's got players that are on the fringe of coming back into their squad are even going to put them into a team or into a lineup two weeks before the World Cup break. Just wait.
1: Just wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I were a manager, I'd be playing it cautious. Like, if I'm Pep, I'm not playing Holland. I'm yeah. giving them the two-week break, and I think that's what they're going to do. I, I, uh, I think he's just holding his cards close to his chest. Right now with him, so
0: yeah. So again, not overly enthused about this one. So let's move on to the next one. We've got Wolves, Brighton, um, Brighton after their fantastic display against Chelsea, welcoming Graham Potter back to the Amex. It was pretty interesting to watch, uh, and it it was. Uh, I mean, it happened relatively quick too. Um, but they have two or three goals in the first thirty minutes of the game.
1: Um, yeah,
0: but Brighton. Are they welcomed him.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, they welcomed him in the MX. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Brighton's favored by 0. 0.25 goals, which is kind of strange to me, especially going up against this Wolves side. Uh, but the over/under set at two and a half. Um, Wolves will be without their talisman Diego Costa. Huh. Uh, that was. I mean, how do you feel about this little, like whole headbutt red card thing? I mean, I barely even saw it on the replay.
1: Yeah I mean it's you just you just can't do it like it, it doesn't really matter how he, like hard the headbutt was it just doesn't really have a place in the game. Oh, You could almost just treat it as like spitting on someone as like just disrespectful. That's fair. Um, yeah. Obviously it obviously it doesn't hurt really unless they get it right in the face you know when you get a headbutt to the chest or you know something like that it, they're 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 playing it up big time they're trying to they're trying to draw the red, you know, they got hit in the chest, they're kind of surprised, they're going to fall down and take it, like, I get it, it's it's all kind of part of the sportsmanship, but, um, in reality, should it, should it be a red? Um, maybe not, you know, there's probably worse things in the game that happen, but you have to get the red for that, um, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as to relevant wolves assets, which, even if Costa were playing, I wouldn't consider relevant, uh, I I don't think any of them are really a good start this week against Brighton. They're kind of a grab bag recently in terms of, you know, if they're able to find a a goal or two or six. But Mm -hmm. uh, I I think Wolves are just not in form right now. Don't try try and stay away from all those defenders. Brighton's a terrible matchup for midfielders. Uh, Wolves aren't necessarily very creative. There's just nothing. You're chasing nothing there. Um, Like we said earlier, I'd rather start like anyone on the Leeds game. So just leave him alone, I'd say. And, and then with Brighton, I think they have a lot more viable options. Uh, Imatoma, I know, is a popular guy around the community right now. He might be available in your home leagues, but if you're in any competitive league, I feel like he's gone now. Yeah, I mean, I his both roster mind. percentage is 10%,
0: and I can't find him in any league. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, he is, he is super rare right now in my leagues. Nowhere to be found. Uh, he was even owned like a week ago in another league, so before mm-hmm. he even popped up on the starting roster, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, he's like a mid-three in this matchup against Wolves. A stupid on. We're going back to the well, I was telling you earlier. He's he's defender, too. This is a fantastic fantastic matchup. Um, and if him and Matoma are in the same lineup, you have a lot more confidence in him actually mm-hmm. finishing somewhere near 90 minutes. It might not be the full 90 still. Zerbi might find a way to yank him out if he doesn't like him. Uh, but, you know, he like we said, he even if he starts half, he's scoring well. So anything you get past that, fantastic. And then clean sheet upside. He, Man, I'm almost talking myself into making him a defender one. Uh, <laughs> and then Kai Sato is a mid four. Uh, I think he's pretty sturdy and is reliable. As they will come in the midfield, I know he's not done fantastically in a couple of the recent weeks. But just keep the faith. And, and uh, like I said, great matchup. Keep him out mm-hmm. there. Everyone else you know, you're starting them defenders potential streaming options i think but you're chasing the clean sheet with almost all of them
0: yeah i agree i don't think wolves really has enough to get much out of this game but i i was looking at my lineup um from last week when i was writing this up because i do own uh ruben neves and i realized that i hate this wolves team um, once you think you've figured them out and the fact that like they don't score any goals they're terrible going forward you start all the defenders against them and then Neves just blasts a ball into the top corner from 25 yards out and you're just sitting there like dude what the hell where was this the last like 8 matches that I started you so now I have like 19 points on my bench you just took away the clean sheet bonus from the defenders I started I'm just so tired of this Wolves team um but yeah i i just don't think it's a good matchup for any wolves player especially with the way that brighton play a possession-based approach um i don't see Deserby changing things up much from what they did against chelsea um so i would be uh, keen to see the same lineup run out there again um and then a little thing i have here we talked about matoma we talked about a Julio and CISO. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Um, but someone in my home Probably like picked not, him up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who the hell is this guy? He had what, 11 points or something in 20 minutes against Chelsea. And he's 1% owned. Uh, I mean, just a name to kind of keep an eye on see if he gets more game time. Um, isn't... I, injured, I think that right? guy's...
1: Is... I think uh, that guy must be like in CISO's mother or something. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, he kind of came he, out of nowhere. He's 1% owned. Yeah. <laughs> you got to sharpen your league. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not playing him at all. Even if he starts, I'm not playing him.
0: I mean, yeah, he scored 11 points in 24 minutes. He had three shots on target. So, I mean, not, but, not but someone i like, doesn't go the whole up. like.
1: Does he go the whole game? Like, does he replicate that? Like, if he goes out there and he drops two points, you're like, man, I'm the idiot that bought in on one lucky eleven-point game week. Like, I, I know that we like to look at ghost points as the uh, the end-all, be-all of you know future production being somewhat sustainable. But I mean, one game sample size. I'm gonna, I'm going to need more. I can't do yeah. that.
0: Definitely a, someone to keep an eye on, especially if Danny Welbeck is injured. Um, I know he's got one of those red flags next to his name now, so we'll see the extent of that. But just something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on here, we've got Everton at home hosting lesser. Everton favored by 0. .25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Um, Everton. Talk to me about Everton in this matchup.
1: Well, I think it's going to be a pretty even game and both teams are pretty much middle of the road in just about every points metric that we have. So, I think you start you start you start all your studs and you shouldn't be wary of doing any of that even though I think Everton is a pretty solid defense. I'm not I'm not too scared of them and I'd be I'd feel very okay starting my, you know, any Leicester forward really. They've averaged uh, 10.8 points for 90 up top, so figure that be uh, Daka, Vardy, or Kaleci in his couple of his short stints. Like they're all they're all good options here against Everton, I think. Um, and I, I'm not really looking to stream any any Everton defenders other than you know your standard um, every week starter Tarkowski. Uh, I know Mike Mikelenco actually is. He's snuck into, like, the top 20 defenders recently. Um, he's been a pretty strong start, although he's just started every game, so I know that can kind of inflate things. Uh, I'd feel fine rolling him out here as well, probably in a similar light to the other to the wingbacks on the other side with Lester with Castagna and James Justin. James Justin obviously having a little bit more ghost point potential, but we've seen Castagna be very viable recently. And mm-hmm. uh, Valface is, is also viable, I know. Uh, DCL's come back, so we talked about it last week, how there might be more crosses in the box because of that and he should get on the end of most of those crosses. Uh, I know Kaglar, Soyuncu kind of rolled back into the squad last week as they went with a five back but I expect him to go back to a four back since this is a more even game and uh, that'll probably be the unviable Daniel (laughs) Amarty.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting matchup because you have this everton team that's really touted as like this defensive team that are hard to score on but if you look at the like metrics around their defense they have given up 12 goals this season which is relatively good i mean it's towards the top of the league in the amount of goals given up so far but their expected goals against is around 20 so how sustainable is this to have massively overperforming their xga game in and game out we've seen uh, pickford standing on his head time and time again and i'm so glad i picked him up like five weeks ago because he's just been a stud he had 24 points last week but this Lester defense has been kind of the opposite where they're slowly starting to come back into their form They've only conceded three goals in their last five matches, but their away form has been terrible. They've had one win and five losses with 19 goals against in their six matches on the road. So this Everton team don't score very well. Um, their goals are kind of hard to come by, but this, this is a game where you kind of look at these metrics and you kind of think you know which way it's going to go. Everton might just edge this one. But to me, it's still kind of a toss-up. I, I I would be. I don't know. I like the wing-back options for Leicester. Obviously, you're going to start James Madison. Um, but I would kind of fade. Like the forward lines in either of these teams. Like I wouldn't really start Daka or Vardy, and I probably wouldn't start calvert lewin
1: i don't know it's it's a hard one yeah i'm the other way around i would start both of them um like i said earlier leicester whoever they started up front has gotten 10.8 points per 90 um everton's stat for that i believe is irrelevant because dcl has not played enough games um they would be the lowest scoring though if, if you wanted to go by that metric so hmm uh, I know, I, I know. like you mentioned earlier, you know, Everton is not by any means a point machine. They're 62nd percentile in terms of team scoring. That's outfielders only, and um, Lester is a little bit higher at 65 percentile. So uh, they both have the ability to score points, and it's an even matchup. So I think it should be pretty fl- free-flowing, um, as neither of them will sit in, like, a low block where they— might against a, a team that they know is far more superior like Leicester did last week with City. So uh, in that sense, I think we, like like I said, could see an open game, could see some counterattacks. Either the forwards could get goals here, and I think Leicester's defense is massively overrated. In fact, I think both of these de- teams' defenses are ma- massively overrated, as you mm-hmm. alluded to earlier with their XGA. So uh, I- I'm not avoiding either of those forwards. I'm just te- tempering expectations uh, maybe a little bit for maybe a little bit for the Leicester ones, um, because yes, they're, you know, Everton are outperforming it, but I mean, the, the XGA is, is, you know, that the XGA is for the average team, right? You know, the average team would concede 20 goals, but mm-hmm. maybe Everton do something slash Pickford, you know, maybe, maybe the <laughs> the team is doing something that, you know, they're, de- they're definitely doing something that, you know, is, is stopping goals at a, an above average rate. So, it doesn't mean that that has to regress to the mean necessarily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This will be an interesting one. I think it's a winnable game for either side here. I think both managers are going to go into this one looking for all three points. It's just how pragmatic are they going to be in their attempt to do that? Like it could be a very Mm -hmm. open free flowing game, but it could also be like neither one wants to go in to lose the game. So it's, it's a very difficult game to Mm kind of predict in this aspect.
1: I believe definitely, just like the lines say. Yeah, let's move into our Sunday
0: games here. We've got one of the better games of the weekend here. Um, Chelsea host Arsenal. Um, This is a pick 'em. There's no favorite here, with an over/under set at two and a half. Uh, Chelsea got beat up uh, against Brighton. So
1: how
0: how do they come back from that? I mean, their defense doesn't look very good. Their attack looks, attack looks pretty, meh. pretty meh. I mean, are you looking to, especially against an Arsenal team that's been pretty damn free-flowing and they've been pretty relentless up front, Are you, who are you looking to start on this Chelsea team? Are there anybody you're looking to stream? Or is it just kind of like an avoid altogether?
1: Yeah, I'm avoiding the center centerbacks. Uh, they have the second worst matchup for defenders on the weekend. Chelsea defenders do historically score pretty well there fourth in points per 90, uh, scored. So, I mean, that's that part of that or most of that is pre Potter. So I think that we kind of have to toss some of these stats out the window. Um, but the personnel are the same, so you can only do so much of that regardless, not starting them. And I actually think I saw Chilwell may have gotten an injury today in the, um, Champions League. So keep an eye on that might mean Pucurellas slides out to left wing back, or you get got Sterling sliding out there, uh, which is kind of gross. I don't know why that's a thing. Um, Sterling belongs nowhere near anything defense-related, but uh, regardless, uh, that's up for debate. Uh, <laughs> as I said, forwards are bad this year. Uh, I wouldn't start a bombing at all. Uh, I'm avoiding him big time. I'd rather start Kiefer Moore, as we talked about, the uh, photosynthesis the king. The yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, Havertz, I am also out on, but I understand there's a world where you might need to start him, so don't feel guilty, I won't tell on you. You
0: don't think this is a uh, revenge, game for, revenge game for Aubameyang? No not at all I mean I don't either but I'm just I mean hey, it's a narrative so you can spin could spin the be. narrative right yeah, yeah Yeah. I mean he could come out and get a brace
1: who knows then do a flip right in front of Arteta you know I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out he'd be one of those guys who would hold that spite in all these years and I'm sure well, he would all, these, all this year really all these months years since he left. Yeah, yeah all these months he's been <laughs> waiting for this moment yeah. Um, yeah no I don't think that's coming I don't think that's coming this week. Arsenal are uh, pretty compact this season, and they're deserving every result they're getting. I'd say so. Uh, moving into them, I I really like uh, Partey as a start this this week. I think he's a solid mid four option, and maybe flying under the radar. I know CDMs can do that. He's probably in like the uh, like the or Declan Rice conversation. Probably a little bit below them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, he, I think he's held his own this season and should pretty much continue to be started in most matchups as your last midfielder. And then the wingbacks, I'm actually really not too scared of Chelsea, uh, to be honest. And Arsenal is, I'd say, an above-average defense. I mean, they're fifth in points per 90 scoring. So there's always the good chance that they get the odd assist. And Chelsea have looked vulnerable lately, so I'm thinking maybe prey on them. If Brighton can do it, why can't why can't Arsenal?
0: Yeah, I would think that this Arsenal attack could do much similar to what Brighton just did. Uh, The only caveat is Chelsea at home, they're not going to want to go out there and get embarrassed in front of their own fans. Um, I think they're going to keep things a little bit more compact. I doubt they have as many own goals (laughs) in this matchup, Uh, but they might have to switch out goalkeepers again. So who knows? This could be... Uh, an interesting matchup but i think it's a little little too straightforward in the fact that uh, it says that there's no favorite but i would say Arsenal's a favorite in this matchup Um, there may have been possible streamers for this arsenal side but really everyone that you want is already rostered in the 70 80 percentile um i mean it looks like uh, Sokka's injury isn't too bad so unfortunately if you picked up Reese Nelson um, he's probably not going to start <laughs> so uh, just be careful because this is the 7am game uh, if you're in the States on Sunday it's the early matchup so wake up early and make sure he's not in your lineup
1: um, I'll, I'll say my strategy for early games if anyone's wondering is uh, just keep him out of your starting lineup Always, unless you know they're a locked in starter, mm-hmm. and uh, just wake up to put them in. And if yeah. you don't wake up, then oh well, you missed out. Like, it's not nearly as bad as waking up and seeing a red X next to their name and them getting you no points.
0: Exactly. Although, I do think Fantrax needs to change something in the fact that I get like i get busy during the weekends as any normal person would um there are times no. where i <laughs> check my lineup and i see i'm looking for a either a red x or a green check mark but when they're not in the lineup at all there's nothing so sometimes i just scroll right past that player and then i come back to it and i'm like shit this game's over this guy wasn't even in the squad like crap um, yeah maybe there needs to be a little icon if uh He's not on the roster.
1: Yeah, Fantrax Stabs, if you're listening, get that, get that one yeah. on your list. Add that in there, please. Um,
0: yeah, I think we've covered as much as we can for this game. Um, not a lot to it. The, most of these teams have their players very highly rostered. Uh, if your Chelsea assets are still highly rostered, I don't know why. They're pretty dismal. But uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Aston Villa, Manchester United uh united here is favored by 0.5 with an over under of 2.75 uh villa an interesting team now uh, that they've got unai emery in but i wanted to propose a question to you and i wrote this down i put it on twitter earlier today for anybody that saw it uh with the arrival of emery you can pick up one villa asset for the rest of the season that's not named Ali watkins who is it
1: Oh, boy. Um, I mean, probably Buendia, right? Like, he's 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 probably the most consistent to be in that lineup each week. Um, I know Digne could also be a decent shout, uh, but it seems like Buendia is the favorite for now. We'll see how that transitions once we get Unai Emery in there. Maybe Coutinho becomes a favorite, but... I don't really see that one happening, so I would uh, I would stick with Bundia. He's got the you know point point scoring history that you know other people don't have, and obviously I'm not a proponent of Danny Ings, so he shouldn't even be considered. Some people might be Bailey Stans, but I haven't seen enough from him yet in sustained production. Uh, I know Bundia let people down in a big way, uh, especially last year, but uh, you know it might just take him time to come up to come up to speed with a prem, and it might take a new manager. Because clearly Gerard wasn't it.
0: Yeah, that seemed to be the uh, consensus on Twitter as well. Um, I really enjoyed FPL Hazardous's comment. Uh, he mentioned uh, Buendia would be his choice. So uh, you kind of got a mixture of both uh, Buendia and Dinier there. So uh, I think he hit the nail on the head there. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I think it is Buendia. Um, but... As far as this matchup goes against United, United has been in pretty good form lately. Um, I think you are going to start Ali Watkins. Um, you are going to start Bondia if he gets the nod. Uh, Digne. Uh, what about Cash in this one? I know you're not going to play the center backs in this matchup, but is Manny Cash a viable option?
1: Uh, I would try and avoid him personally. I don't think Manu's is really too big of a threat to put up multiple goals. Um, you know, and obviously, given the spread here, you're looking at man, U minus a half, so they're predicting what like a 2 1 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, Maddie Cash can be dangerous going forward. He scored really well last year. It's unfortunate he scored like this right now. And uh, I usually like to give uh, defenses a bit of a manager boost. Uh, when a new manager comes in, that is, I like to give him a boost. So uh, I think that we could see them at home be a difficult opponent for Man U to break down. Uh, you know, Despite that, though, I, I really am looking to start all forward options on United, uh, including Ronaldo, uh, including Alanga, who I think is a forward two this week. And I also, like I said, I, I think that Villa do get a defensive boost, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that a new manager is going to come in and uh, all of a sudden make them creative again. I think that's the thing they lack. They have the talent. They just don't quite have the cohesion and the creativity, which is expected for a lineup that's changed pretty much week in and week out. So uh, I'm comfortable actually streaming uh, Harry Maguire this week. I know it's going to make people laugh probably, but he has uh, <laughs> got what, like 11 points last week or something like that. Yeah, I know with a clean sheet, but a uh, clean sheet's an option here it's Not out of the question, they're favored so, uh, and, and he could get you know a decent amount of ghost points. He had a history before he sucked of getting ghost points, and maybe that comes back with uh, kind of a more solidified defense. I'd say, um, they become much more regimented under Eric Ten Hag, mm-hmm. and I'd also toss in Fred with that. I think he's had kind of a little bit of a, a Fredescence lately. <laughs> um, so I love it, I love it. yeah, he. He, you could do worse. And I know he's getting, you know, we're getting toward the end of the uh, the weekend slate. So you might be pressed to uh, get a midfielder in there. And if he's starting, you're pretty confident he goes like 70, 80 minutes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been odd, but I mean, he tends to get forward quite a bit when he is in the lineup. So it's, it's nice to see you have that. What is essentially classified as a defensive midfielder. He's more of a box to box guy, but um, he has been getting forward a little bit more this season. So there is that opportunity to get a, a attacking return. So yeah, I'm definitely on board with Fred. Um, McGuire scares me a little bit. Uh, I know that he is capable of getting ghosts, um, scores relatively well, but I mean, defender three, I think that's a very, um, viable spot for him in that aspect. Uh, Bill will be interesting because they are at home. New manager, uh, most new managers want to come in and shore up the defense right away, make sure that they're not leaking goals, they don't go out and get absolutely demolished at home in the first game that he's played or managing. So, this could be a pretty tight affair. Um, I think a 1 0 win, maybe for Manu, maybe 2 0. Um, but yeah, I streamed along a last game week didn't really work out too well for me. I don't know if I would go back to the well in this matchup, uh, just because, like I said, it might be a little difficult to get on the score sheet in this one for him. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think that pretty much covers this team in this matchup. Uh, anything to add to this one?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah, let's move on.
0: All righty, we've got Southampton hosting Newcastle. Newcastle's been pretty much unstoppable right now. They are favored by half a goal here, and the over-under is 2.5. Um, this Southampton side is a bit boring. Um, I think, I mean, you continue to roll out your two viable starters in Ward-Prowse and Che Adams, but... The defenders just aren't getting it done for me. Um, I know Salisu has been talked about quite a bit. Um, He does score decently well, but I I think it's just hard to stop this Newcastle side right now. So I wouldn't look to play any of the defenders in Southampton this week. Um, But then when you get to the Newcastle side, you're starting anybody that starts the game, but their streamers are just so hard to come by. Um I mean you have Longstaff and Willick who are starters right now but are they viable Fantrax assets? I mean they are the lower tier mids at this point. Uh correct?
1: Yeah, I I'd say so. I mean I think you got to feel good in this matchup against Southampton as as one of the better uh matchups for midfielders uh for Newcastle and Newcastle are just such a high-scoring team that you probably are rolling out um, most of that midfield. Longstaff is more like a lineup filler for me, but we're getting toward the end of the weekend here. So I think he's fine as a mid-five. Joe Willock as a mid-four. And, you know, you're starting the whole forward line and the whole defense. Defense is the best in points per 90 in the league right now. Uh, They are fourth in midfielder point per 90 and fifth in forward points per 90. So. Newcastle is a wagon in this matchup and you should start pretty much everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as that forward line goes, Miggy Elmeron, who's just on fire right now, he's playing so, so well scoring so well, but is this going to be sustainable? Is this, is he an asset that you are looking to trade out on a high? You likely got him in the later rounds of the draft if you didn't pick him up off the waiver wire. Um, But, I mean, especially with the World Cup coming up soon, uh, that could throw some cold water on everything. Is he somebody that you're looking to actively move out?
1: Uh, I think he's kind of a consensus um, trade on a high guy, which might really be unfair. I think uh, most of his behind-the-scenes metrics of, like, Shots in the box and and general involvement around shot creation have been pretty positive this season. So in such a great team, I mean, he's not a guy you should be giving away on the cheap. Uh, You definitely should try and extract as much value as you can really get for him. He is, uh, I'd say, probably, I don't know. I mean, he's a high-end mid-two maybe even a low and mid one if you scrape the name off the back of the jersey yeah yeah i mean
0: ever since those graylish comments i mean he's kind of eating his words right now uh wh- what would you think if you were let's say you own graylish and someone comes in with an offer to trade you miggy for graylish are you taking that
1: no i couldn't do that i i i couldn't exchange the uh the insulter for the insultee but <laughs> i think that i i don't think it's an outlandish trade I'll i'll say that it i mean he's certainly scored better than grealish this season you've got guaranteed minutes which is something that people might not be rating mm-hmm. enough i know people like to create these narratives that somehow he'll exit the lineup once everybody's healthy but I mean you've got Isak who has been unhealthy for weeks and seeming like a chronic issue Callum Wilson is on my glass bones and paper skin list so I don't think he is the picture of health and he's getting up there I think he's 30 or 31 now mm-hmm. and then they've got Alan St. Maxman who is also on the uh, aforementioned list so in short, uh, he is probably one of the top attacking assets that they have, if not the best rest of season. If yeah. you want to, like I said, scrape the name off the back of the jersey.
0: Yeah, I mean, what more do you want? He's scoring well and he's available. So, I mean, he's going to get the minutes, he's going to get the opportunities, mm-hmm. and as long as he continues to perform, I mean... I If I could trade him in, I wouldn't overpay for him, especially right now. It's really hard to trade him in on a high, but trading him out, probably, depending on what you can get back for him, um, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Um, the
1: best ability is availability. Don't forget that. Yeah,
0: but I I mean, as far as this matchup goes between Newcastle and Southampton, I think this only goes one way. Um, I just don't see Southampton being that viable. Like I said last game week in the last pod, uh, until Levia returns from injury, James Ward Prowse is almost a bench candidate in my eyes. I mean, he's I mean b- between five and nine points. If you're willing to bench him and go out with a riskier option in a midfielder uh, who has m- better potential upside, uh, I'd be okay with it. But uh, he's likely your mid one, mid two on your team. So, you kind of just roll him out there every game week because he is on sets. You um, could get something from it, but I think this this is a pretty one way matchup. Uh, I think Newcastle pretty much dominates this one. Next up, we've got West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Uh, West Ham favored by 0.5 goals with an over under of 2.5. Uh, West Ham, right now, not really a free flowing team, not scoring too well. Um, the run of fixtures hasn't been kind to them, and they're just not getting the results they need. Uh, as far as this West Ham team goes, in this matchup against Crystal Palace, is there anybody that you're really looking at as a must-start or someone that you're actively looking to stream in this one?
1: Uh, from the West Ham side, I think you know who you're playing. Any of those forward options are really just fine. Um, Palace aren't a defense you need to be scared of. They really haven't held many clean sheets. West Ham are favored. They're at home. Uh, I'd look for them to um, come out here and at least get a goal, Um, be respectable. This should be another close game, I believe, and the only reason that West Ham are favored by half a goal or just because they're at home. Mm -hmm. I think Crystal Palace are a formidable opponent um, in real life, but unfortunately in fantasy they're probably one of the um, they are one of the worst teams out there. They are, I believe, fifth worst in team scoring. Um, they're just around uh, Southampton, Villa, and Wolves in team scoring, if that tells you anything. So they're not, they're not really a team you should be chasing. Um, the good thing is for Crystal Palace, though, and I think this is probably why they're on the higher rostered side, is their points are mainly concentrated around some of the same guys. Um, so even though they maybe haven't gotten the same number of points as other teams have gotten, um, they're, I think, pretty viable in terms of attackers like Olise, Edouard, and obviously Zaha. You're starting all those guys, and it looks it looks to me like Vieira uh, is maybe starting to stabilize his starting 11, thankfully, because that's one of the biggest gripes I've always had with holding any of these Crystal Palace assets not named Zaha's. You just don't know who the hell is starting every week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think outside of like Eze, Zaha, um, Edward, Elise, you could even throw in Anderson there because he's scoring pretty well. I and mean, there's a pretty significant drop-off after that, even with like total points scored. So that's that's where that comes into play. Like the rest of the defenders don't score well. The midfield doesn't score very well. Um, it's just like you're basic attacking four players or so i mean they're they're a relatively um uh, counter team so that makes sense that your deeper midfielders or your uh defenders are going to push the ball to your forward options and then it's like four people that are in on the play so those are the four players that are going to score relatively well um but yeah this this matchup i think an over under of two and a half i think is generous um i see this game being pretty low scoring uh it's hard to play the defenders in either one of these like off either one of these teams because either one of them could nick a goal and win it um it could be a 1-1 draw which nobody wins in that aspect
1: yeah i'm pretty averse to these uh, defenders, I'm not. I'm not looking to start any. You're going to start like Cresswell and Anderson, like you mentioned before. Other than that, I don't think you have any must starts. Zuma's Zuma's okay. Um, I mean, I know a recent addition to the West Ham side has been Flynn Downs. Uh, I would I would advise against starting him though, as we <laughs> just need more of a sample size uh, with him. I mean, I mean West Ham are. I mean, not not too many years removed or a year removed from being one of the top teams, so. I know some people might want to flock to their assets, but I just think they're they're down definitely a bit from where they were before, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't chase just anyone in their team. Yeah, I think uh,
0: at the start of the season, you probably had a lot of people that were uh, pretty high on the West Ham assets. I know there were some very large Fab bids for Maxwell Cornet when he came in, and that did not pay off at all like I I feel bad if you spent a ton of money to get him on your roster and now he's injured. He has what 3 points on the season. So, unfortunate, but sometimes this stuff does happen. You just have one of those teams that have a really down year. Um we kind of the consensus was a little split going into the season on Jared Bowen, and I think uh the majority of the consensus was right. I think we were kind of in uh we were kind of together in the fact that he did so well last season and kind of overperformed where he was at that now this season there there was bound to be some regression. We just didn't think it was going to be this bad. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of the majority of assets on West Ham. And then outside of the like, four or five players we talked about in Crystal Palace, none of their guys really... Speak to me, especially in this matchup. Um, yeah,
1: they're they're a bad team for streamers. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, we tried to make Danny or uh, yeah, Danny Ward a thing, or not Danny Ward. Um,
1: Joel Ward, who was it? Joel Ward. Yeah, sorry, damn. Yeah, Joel getting Ward my goalkeepers and my defenders mixed up. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But yeah, we tried to make him a thing for a time or two, but then Crystal Palace couldn't keep a damn clean sheet, um, so that kind of went out the window. But yeah,
1: no, he, he was a one-game week stand for me, and yeah. uh, I left very regretful. So, <laughs> uh,
0: let's move on to the last game of the game week here. One of the uh, more exciting matchups uh, always is when you have a Big Six clash. Uh, we've got Tottenham at home, featuring or hosting Liverpool. Liverpool is actually favored in this one. Um, I'm not very surprised by that. Uh, favored by 0.25 goals with an over/under of three. Uh, if, I mean, there's really never a bad time to play this Tottenham team. They're just meh at the moment. Like they're way outperforming. Uh, I mean, in the premier league table, they're outperforming their performances. Um, I think anybody that's watched them can tell you that, but they are now without son, without Kulisevsky, without Richarlison, uh, I would assume Romero's probably not going to start again. Uh, It's just a pretty decimated offense. Um, So it's basically just Harry Kane, and then maybe Lucas Moura can uh, have another revival like he did against Ajax in the Champions League a few years ago. Who knows? But um...
1: He'll always be remembered for that.
0: Oh, for sure. I was jumping on my couch screaming. I'll never forget it, but... (laughs) (laughs) i i just don't see it happening again anytime soon uh he is a viable streamer in this match but i'm not over the moon about their attacking options i don't even know if kane's going to be that great of an option attack this week obviously you play him because he's a top five asset but i think you kind of just go in with a um with a mindset of this might not be the greatest point scoring match for him um i mean do you have any are you looking at anything on this tottenham team like are you willing to start any of the defenders are you looking at the midfielders what's your say on this one
1: yeah i mean I, i'm a liverpool fan myself but i wouldn't be too put off by um these liverpool defenders the tottenham's at home they should have the crowd backing them uh, and, and Lucas Moore is going to be put in like that striker position. So I guess it depends. If you, I mean, obviously he's a midfielder, so you, you can count him as a midfielder. But Tottenham are pretty equal in both senses in terms of where they rank in midfielders or forward scoring. Uh, but if you were to make him a forward, which he kind of is in this sense because there's no other forwards, he, Tottenham's averaging 14.4 points per 90 at the forward position. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to go at the midfield position, they're, uh, I believe, fifth place at 9.7. So they're definitely um, they're definitely a team where you want to stream any of those guys that you can get, and since Liverpool are giving up 7.8 points per 90 to midfielders, you got to think that he's got a pretty safe floor around that eight points, uh, given how advanced he'll be. Hopefully he goes 90 minutes, so that, that's where that could fall off a little bit, but if mm-hmm. he does, uh, I think he's got a pretty good floor, and he's got some upside for a goaler and assist as like a midfield three, uh, maybe a midfield two upside. It's not the best best matchup, but uh, Liverpool is certainly not uh, what they used to be defensively. So.
0: Yeah, I think you stream more this week. You start Harry Kane, obviously. Uh, I'm willing to start both, either Benson or or um, Hoibier.
1: Mm-hmm. But then, and as far every as week starts now. Yeah,
0: and then, as far as the defenders go, I'm not very comfortable with either of the wingbacks. I just don't think that Emerson offers enough going forward. It seems like he's like the guy for that right wing spot. Um, but I don't know. I just don't think he offers enough going forward to really put him in the lineup, especially with the Liverpool attack coming at him. Um, and then, I mean, Sesson Perisic scored decently well, but how often are they going to be able to get forward in this matchup? Um, it'll be an interesting watch that's for sure uh but as far as the liverpool side goes uh, i mean the midfielders talk to me about i mean you've got tiago here and elliot i know tiago had a good game last week out um but where do they stand as far as like a tier for
1: these midfielders uh, I believe Thiago goes into that midfield three category. His caveat is that he gets injured. He might not go full 90. Um, but uh, Tottenham is giving up 8.8 points per 90 to midfielders. Um, Liverpool, unfortunately, is not a high-scoring midfield team, as you can expect. They're averaging 7.3 points per 90 um, in scoring. So I think he's a good floor play. But I do think that Tottenham are susceptible right now, and he should have... Some free reign to get forward, depending on who pairs with him in that midfield. Uh, unfortunately, I think though, if it is Elliot with him, that might downgrade him a little bit, uh, because obviously Fabinho will probably be in the middle and he'll sit, and those two will kind of try and pull the strings of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd prefer each of them if they were alone, because they'd have obviously like that that freedom to get forward um, without having to worry too much about defense. Uh, so I'd stream, I'd stream or start Elliot. He's really not a streamer anymore, as like a mid four. And that's just below Thiago. Uh, he might have more upside, though, than Tiago, So, if that's what you're looking for uh, later in the game week, then I would roll with Elliott if I, for some reason, had to choose between the two, which you probably won't. Uh, and then I'm okay streaming Konate as a, like a defender three. I know he's like the only one in that defense, at least the defense that's projected uh, that might be available on your waiver wire. So, uh, pick him up if you can, if you can wait until this uh, moment in time. I know it's. It's kind of difficult to wait until the last matchup for a guy who might sit. I know Joe Gomez could start, but uh, it is a, I would say, favorable matchup, as we alluded to earlier, as unfortunately Tottenham are left a bit impotent without their uh, main attackers. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think this could be one of those where it's kind of a day, which it sucks because you have Spurs at home. As a Spurs fan, you kind of want them to come out, attack Liverpool, get on the score sheet within the first like 20 minutes would be great but I think it's going to be a attack versus defense type game where you have Liverpool with chance after chance after chance Tottenham sitting deep sitting deep trying to break on the counter but I don't know when you are already hamstringed in attack waiting for those counters and only taking a few opportunities just just doesn't sit well with me i don't think that's a very great strategy especially going up against the liverpool side that we have seen is i mean you can get at them uh from time to time so it'll be an interesting watch i'm eternally hopeful but i'm sure that'll be crushed very quickly (laughs) um that's it for the fixtures this week um let's jump into our starts of the week starting off with our defenders here uh again i'm going back to the very first match that we covered i'm pretty high on the Leeds team this week um, i've just chosen two of their defenders uh, strike is probably not streamable in your league but i think he is a great start uh, someone who is probably streamable is christensen i would also start him as well in this matchup so those are my two defenders who have you got on your list
1: uh, I've got the uh, legend himself, the <laughs> uh, He He's kind of coming back in the manager's good graces after we saw him in the team again this week. And for, um, I believe, he went to full 90. The bigger deal with him, actually, is that he played um, along with Matoma. So they're not fighting against each other this time. Um, They've joined forces on the left-hand side, and it went very well for him. So I'd continue uh, rolling him out there in pretty much every matchup that's not City uh, or Arsenal, maybe. And I I think he he moves into that defender one category if he plays. It was just before we were so frustrated, and um, we just really lost faith kind of with him. But He's kind of back in my good graces for now and would obviously fall out if he falls out of Deserby's, uh good graces himself. And then my other guy is kind of a contrarian pick uh, and more aimed toward those of you who are streaming this week and are in need of a good matchup defender or at least a not-bad matchup defender, Serge Aurier, who uh, may have people quite confused at this point in time. Um, that i'm mentioning him uh, has scored well he got i believe 10 plus ghost points last week in a route so i would expect that in a game that's a pick 'em uh, with brentford with out tony uh, i think that they have a pretty good a pretty good chance at limiting them to probably two goals or less and that means that I think their wingbacks are serviceable because they could at least get forward a little bit more than normal. And Oriere has historically scored pretty decently in fan tracks. Mm-hmm. The only thing is is we hope he doesn't get hooked for, like, Nico Williams in the 60th minute or something. Um, I yeah, mean, I'll, if uh,
0: they've got a clean sheet at the 60th, I'd want him to get hooked. he solidify that clean sheet. Yeah,
1: lines. I think I'd rather – I'd assume they they're not going to get it, so I'd rather he just play the full game, but – Fair enough. Um, I it's a good I don't shout. Think that Steve Cooper is going to be consulting us on our tactics for his wingbacks as um, his team struggles week in and week out. So uh, Maybe I'll pass he should, it back then. to you for your midfielders.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't pick a single singular midfield, but I want to give a shout out, and you should start all of your Brighton midfielders. Um, they're Aren't many streamable options in Brighton's midfield. I think Caicedo's the least rostered of the few, but I think they're in a very, very good matchup going to go, going up against a Wolves side that just doesn't look great. Um, they offer very little getting forward, so I think it's going to be a pretty one sided matchup there. Um, but usually when I say that, it comes in the complete opposite way and Wolves will nick a 1-0 victory. But, yeah, yeah, I'm sticking with that's it. That's what I heard. Brighton mids, stardom. They're a
1: lock. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm going back to the uh, Nottingham Forest well. and <laughs> You're killing me. I'm highlighting Morgan Gibbs White. Uh, and I fully... Anticipate and welcome the public hanging that I will receive if these guys are stuck in your lineup with less than five points. Um, but in the case they don't, I think that if you own Morgan Gibbs White, what are you waiting for to start him or drop him? Really, I mean, yeah. he. This is this is the game you play him. Otherwise, get rid of him. Don't be soft. Embrace it. Uh, I I think he'll be more like a mid-four, realistically. But I think he's got some upside here uh, to nick a goal. I don't know if Brentford's really just going to go out there and route Nottingham Forest like some people might expect. Um, Obviously not the odds makers. Um, But on the flip side of that, I do think Damsgaard will uh, come back and ghost like he did before. Uh, I think this past game was an anomaly where he came in mid-match, which can be difficult sometimes. And if he is projected to be in that starting 11 and he knows it ahead of time, I believe he is going to be prepared for this game to try and um, prove prove the manager wrong, prove he's got a spot in the starting 11 because he is one of their few, I think, creative players going forward, and they Mm -hmm. clearly need one. Yeah, for sure.
0: I like how you're playing both sides of that matchup there, really covering your bases. Mm-hmm.
1: Can't get <laughs> enough of it.
0: As far as the attackers go, um, we just touched on it, we just covered the matchup, but I think that Darwin Nunez has a very good matchup going up against Tottenham. Uh, although Tottenham's defense is relatively decent, they don't give up a ton of goals, but Uh, They do give up a ton of opportunities. Uh, I think we could see a pretty high uh, ghost floor from any of the attackers from Liverpool this week. Um, But he played well midweek in the Champions League. Uh, I think he's starting to grow in confidence. Uh, I I like him in this matchup. I think he's uh, definitely a start of the week option.
1: Kind of feels like you're... Emotionally hedging there by I am tossing Nunez in
0: yes I am um, I've okay. had my heart broken before and I can't wait for it to happen again
1: okay I just, <laughs> just wanted to warn the listeners so <laughs> uh, not that you would ever bench Nunez no. that would be a silly thing to do Um, yeah so for me I've got I've got Bamford or Rodrigo uh, I know it's been rough sledding for Bamford lately and uh, kind of seems like Jesse Marsh is adding him in his press conferences about how they need to just finish the ball better which I, I honestly agree with I think that their tactics have been largely sound and um, he hasn't done a whole lot wrong so I think they come off this win from Liverpool with confidence and he he should bang a goal or maybe even two in here in a, in a positive matchup. And, and like I said, if Rodrigo ends up being deputized in that striker position, I I also like him. And even, even if he's in the lineup, I'm not, I'm not saying if Bamford starts, don't start Rodrigo. Uh, I'm just really, uh, very keen on either of those two at the number nine position this week.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, he has Bamford has one of the unwanted stats of the season so far. I think he has the highest XG without a goal. Um, we kind of saw that uh, going into last week, I was looking at it, and I think he had, like, four XG on the season and hasn't scored. So uh, he's definitely yeah, I think that due. does include
1: the missed penalty, though, so that that's that true. to inflate things a, a tad. Yeah. Um, but he is still up there. He he definitely has underperformed his XG, uh, XA expectations so far. Um, so keep keep an eye out for him. Uh, he, he could even be a, a trade-in target, I think. Some people are very frustrated with him. Some people have even maybe dropped him. I just, I just picked do him up. That, I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great pickup. He should have pretty good rest to see some potential, and um, he won't be selected for England, so he'll get a, kind of a good break to maybe get healthier, since he's one of those guys on the uh, glass bones and paper, paper skin. skin list. <laughs> yeah
0: let's finish things up here me, with the, the twitter questions uh we appreciate you guys sending in these questions we're always happy to help uh any way we can first one we got here is from at prash underscore cfc how do you guys handle matchups when opponents first three picks all have easy fixtures and your first three picks are not in good matchups uh do you stack on defenders or just focus on the next week uh I think we're both going to have similar answers here. So Zach, I'm gonna let you take with this one first.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a great question. So both of us have discussed this and we heartily disagree with ever intentionally move, like moving on from a matchup and ignoring it. The only case where, we would simply move on and just expect a loss would be if we have a bye week where we just get absolutely reamed and the there's just not enough droppable guys on our team to realistically have a chance, in which case, yeah, you can focus on the next week. Uh, but I think that's an edge case that almost never happens, and you should try and plan for that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So to the managers that don't put themselves in such a sticky position, uh, I i wouldn't get too hung up in the matchups like i i I do think like obviously i'm citing um some of the points per 90 um statistics and it's all well and good but um there's so much variation in this game and goals and assists can come at any time you can get a stupid pk draw or you could have um i mean really anything a, a guy could hit your cross in for an own goal Those are obviously the edge cases, but players can play well in bad matchups, believe it or not. So don't get too hung up on that. That being said, you can still understand the context of your matchup. Uh, In which case, if you are, if you are the person who's probably less favored, I would actually not stack defenders. Um, They've been terrible this year, as Mm -hmm. uh, I know Joe Williams on the Draft Society highlighted in uh, their last podcast. If you want to, I'll go back and listen to that, but um, they have not been as viable as they have in past years, so I would not look to do that. One strategy I do, if I'm the guy favored, is I try and play preventative defense with my defenders to um, make it so that they can't clean sheet their way out of of something. I'll I'll try and kind of block them in there. Uh, That doesn't mean I think that trying to differentiate your lineup as the loser is a good strategy. Um, but I think you should try and shoot for, um, like my Twitter handle is shoot for some upside, play some of the riskier guys and take a chance because this is your time to do it. Um, I mean, what do you have to lose? Like you're, you're saying, if you're kind of expecting to lose. So you're going to have to have something, something out of the ordinary happen for you to win.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm never one to phone it in on a game week I'm always looking to win my matchup uh, obviously you can kind of go through your head to head and you might see that you're kind of in a hole to start off but uh so just to be clear when you say that you want to like hedge the clean sheet with your defenders is <clears throat> Say they have uh, a Chelsea defender, and you think that they have a good clean sheet odds or something, and you can go out and stream a Chelsea defender that's starting. You're going to do that to try and, if they get a clean sheet, so do you, right?
1: Yes, but even even in in more mid table or or you know mid level matchups where a clean sheet might not be obvious, if you know for like a pretty good fact that your midfielders and forwards are going to get the job done against theirs i'm fully comfortable starting those guys just to make sure there's no way that guy gets a clean sheet over you Mm -hmm. um or or their goalie too goes for that like starting the defender to kind of offset their goalie a little bit uh it you know every little bit helps and uh obviously if they have a bad matchup like don't chase that that can be an extra edge that you gain um but Especially as it gets toward the end of the game week. I know that's a strategy that I've found to be very successful when I'm coming into the last couple game week or the last couple matches in the game week uh, ahead. I'll try and just eliminate some of the variability that happens. Like mm-hmm. I was talking about goals and assists or the variability that you're chasing to try and differentiate your lineup to try and gain that edge, get a little bit lucky per se. Uh, try and eliminate that luck on the other side. You obviously can't defend against... Uh, other, you know, players getting goals and assists on the other lineup, but you can guard against clean sheets, so do what you can.
0: Yeah, um, and I really like what you said about as far as the upside goes. I think when you look at, let's say, your top three players all have difficult matchups and you don't expect them to score as well as they normally do, let's say they average, I don't know, 12 to 14 points a game, but you think they're going to get somewhere around eight, well, you take a... Midfielder from somewhere else that has a positive matchup that normally scores between five and seven points but has that added upside of going up against a weaker side possibly nicks uh, attacking return and ends up with 15 to 18 points and you kind of just offset that um a more difficult matchup for your higher end players uh right Let's uh let's answer this next one here from no one on Twitter. With Arsenal playing Chelsea and Spurs playing Pool, there are very few starting options from top six defenders. Give us a few defensive streamers with clean sheet potential and a floor. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit as we went through the matchups, which teams we believe are, or which matchups I think we're going to be a little bit lower scoring. Um, and then we kind of highlighted it here at the starts of the week. So I think that uh, Leeds defenders have a very solid uh, clean sheet potential and their floor should be relatively uh, decent. I mean, you have Liam Cooper, who's still a viable streaming option. Um, he gets amongst the ghost points and then has that added clean sheet potential. I think Christensen... Um, is a good shout this week. I doubt strikes available in your league. Um, And then I know you talked about the Newcastle, or not Newcastle, the Forest defenders um, or defender uh, Serge Aurier um, could be a viable streaming option. Uh, Brentford without their top goal scorer uh, will be hamstrung in attack. Uh, I think Brighton you could viably start their defenders. I think all three of their center backs that normally start are going to be available. I think a kind of slided into that left center back role. Um, so that leaves dunk and Webster Webster. So, I mean, they're not going to score relatively well, even with a clean sheet, they might get you a, a, just over double digits but ones to look at um Mm -hmm. do you have any other people you want to shout out on this one
1: i think you got most of them Leeds is definitely the best uh the best team to stream from they're uh averaging 6.2 points per 90 from defenders um that's including goals against and you know it's not just ghost points so if they have that clean sheet upside, you could see them reach uh, probably like 15 points, maybe even higher with some attacking returns in a clean sheet. So they definitely have a good amount of upside. Everton is another, I guess, sleeper shout maybe for a, uh, a bit of upside. I, I wouldn't want to start Coleman, though. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, if Patterson were in, I'd look at him. I know he... Inflate him beyond proportion but he's the main. Uh, if he started I, I mean i don't hate it i don't hate the yeah, play but he's either. probably only, he'll probably only get like seven points but he gets involved enough where he could he could get a cross in dcl or something
0: mm-hmm. that wraps it up for us uh zach i'm gonna let you do the closing this week i know you've been working on something uh I'll let you shout it out and let us know when it's going to be out for the people to look at
1: yeah, so everybody kind of just keep an eye out on Twitter. Um, it might be out there by the time you're listening to this already. Uh, just look at my uh, Twitter at Drafting for Upside. I'll be posting a points per 90 scored by position uh, for every team. That's for defenders, midfielders, forwards, um, and ranked, where you'll get to see um, some of the context of where each team's players are, are scoring. Uh, and I actually incorporated a little bit of feedback from Lad to make it up points per 90 instead of points overall to help kind of make up for some of the teams that play a bit different positioning with like Brighton playing a five back or Newcastle playing a four back. Um, you know, every stat's going to have its flaws, especially for some of these small sample sizes, uh, like we'll see at the four position. But if you're able to contextualize it, um, I think it's going to really help you overall kind of predict what a good streamer might be, which has been pretty difficult lately. Um, and also as a shout out to the draft society, I think this tool would pair very well with their uh, points per 90 against uh, fixture difficulty tracker that they have. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. Um, I know I use it myself along with uh, the sheet that I just made to kind of plot out my streamers for the week. Um, and I, I definitely incorporate some of that into my analysis. So, uh, thank you to the fellows over there again for, um, all they do and the stats that they put together. Uh, and with that, uh, I think, uh, I think that's about all the analysis we have for today. Thanks everybody for tuning into the pod today.
0: Yeah. Thanks everybody. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate all the support, uh, for hanging in there with us. Uh, if you could, Drop us a like, rate, review, whatever it may be on your platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter and we will see you next week. Peace out.